0: You're listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace.
1: Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Magic and give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk.
0: Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Technology
2: is not an expense, it's an investment. Look at what ThinkHR has done for our clients and
0: even our team. It's an amazing product and I'm so thankful we have that. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level.
2: Things are changing for us in 2021. Not all big business anymore. Now that we have Cover Wallet on our team, it's amazing that we're going to be able to write small business profitably.
0: This is Power Producer Shop Talk. Production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey, everybody! Welcome
2: to the Power Producers Shop Talk. It's another Friday, it and is. Today, today, we're to talk about something that Vanilla Ice has been preaching to us for decades now. <laughs> Stop, collaborate, and listen. That's excellent. it, excellent, dude. I mean, who knew that Vanilla Ice could be the world's greatest producer trainer with that <laughs> with, advice,
1: with those three simple, three simple words.
2: So, for the rest of this episode, I'd like for everybody to check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. God,
1: this it's is horrible. so bad. This yeah, is so bad. Solid.
2: No, I mean, seriously, that is what I want to talk about today. And we've talked about it a little bit before in terms of how much people talk in an appointment Mm -hmm. and talk themselves out of a deal, Mm -hmm. right? But I think part of it too has to do with the fact that they don't prepare for the appointment correctly. They don't sit down and actually plan out their questioning the way they should and come up with good, open-ended questions to facilitate the conversation. I think that's the biggest issue in all of that is- It's interesting in- to
1: me because I have to do that, otherwise I, I get like massive anxiety. Like I, uh, the, the, the worst thing for me is not preparing for something because <laughs> I don't want to look like an idiot. So I would, you know, uh, that that's crazy. Do, do you think that's that's something that people are doing that have been in the game, you know, a while, like it can't be new producers that are doing that. Cause that's just doesn't, that defies logic. It's gotta be, you're talking about producers that have been around a while.
2: Yeah, in general. I mean, I think the ones who've been around a while are the ones that train, the ones who haven't been around a while. And so it just perpetuates the issue.
1: But I could see somebody who's been in the game for a little bit. Just kind of walking into an appointment and, and running with it versus actually, you know, full on preparing and thinking about questions that are going to be asked and what, what questions you want to ask or objections that you may get. So that makes a little bit more sense to me than than, than a brand new producer not preparing. That'd be ridiculous.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I've always looked at it this way And even when I talk with other producers that are new and you know i think you should prepare for your appointments like an attorney who's preparing for a deposition right now unfortunately i've been through a couple of depositions in my career nothing hmm. that i was guilty of usually as a witness to something or whatever else but i can tell you that it is like really much easier to map things out that way so i the most recent deposition i was in was probably At this point, seven seven or eight years ago, and I had a client who had a claim, and it was a weird situation because I didn't write the package policy for them at the time. They had part of their stuff with Willis, and I handled their professional liability, their workers' comp, and something else. but. I had told them they needed to keep the package where it was. I didn't have Mm -hmm. access to Westfield and the pricing was ridiculous. So, you know, I'm obviously never going to put somebody in a bad position that way. I just helped them. You know, they had an agent who was on his way out, sort of checked out the door already and, you know, not really active in anything. And these guys had a squirrel that chewed into an electrical line, got fried. Oof. shorted out the transformer and destroyed some equipment. Okay. Now this was a food testing laboratory. So equipment was important. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, not that equipment's not important anywhere else, but I mean, it was kind of like the whole, you know, everything they did revolved Purpose, around it. Right. And this guy, because I didn't handle the package, it was one of those deals where I always had to remind him to you let me know of things packages. so that I, <laughs> so that I could give him advice. Right. So I'm having lunch with him and he mentions to me, yeah, I really wish that you could help me with this other stuff. We had this claim that was denied like five or six months ago. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Time out. You had this claim that was denied five or six months ago. Why am I just now hearing about it? And he walks me through everything and he tells me that they tendered it with Westfield and that Westfield declined it as they should have. That's not a package claim. But I asked him, I said, if I memory serves me right, this agent also had written a mechanical breakdown like like boiler machinery policy. like this is the only by the way, only business I know of that I've ever called on in Florida that has a boiler. They like right. they legitimately have a boiler. and so <laughs> usually that's something that you see up north, but they needed right. it for their for their equipment that is as we've already discussed is vital to their process. So anyhow, I asked him, I said, you have this you have this boiler and machinery policy and I have a feeling you may find coverage there. Did the other agent tender it with the boiler and machinery policy? Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't I don't know that he did. I said that he needs to do that immediately. And so some things went back and forth and basically, I told this group they needed a million dollars in business income when the policy was originally written before I'd ever reviewed it, it was written with like $100,000 of business income.
1: Oof.
2: And I said, this needs to be at a million based on where your your revenue is. Yeah, I had him do a business income worksheet, fill it out. And it was like 982,000. So we rounded it up to a million. And mm-hmm. that's what I told him to request. And he went back and he requested the million. He had proof that he requested it. And the other agent never asked. They left it at a hundred thousand dollars, and so as the claim is getting adjusted, there became an E and O claim against the other agent, right? And I was being deposed because they were under the impression that I had given bad advice at the time, and that I had looked over the policy. And this is a you know I'm telling everybody this because you need to pay attention. Even when you're just giving somebody advice or reviewing something, whether you place the policy or not. And so the allegation was that I had not reviewed the policy thoroughly and only recommended it. And by the way, once the policy was issued, I never went back and reviewed the issued policy to confirm that the million dollars had been added. Okay, That that was the allegations against me. Okay. And that deposition got shut down. In, I mean, that angle for the attorney got shut down in a hurry because I'm like, well, look, A, here's the email where I told him to ask for a million. And if the other agent confirmed that he was doing it and he placed the policy, right. why would I go back to look if it's not given to me? To look at like that's yeah. not my role I'm not responsible for that policy I advise right. my client on what to do they asked for what I asked for the other agent acknowledged he was doing it and then mm-hmm. just never did right but what's interesting is it's the first time that I and, and by the way my client won like the business income claim for like six or seven hundred thousand dollars so nice. it, it ended up working out but the guy that deposed me <laughs> had the legal pad with his preparation sitting on the table of the conference room we were sitting at. And it was like in plain sight for me. (laughs) So like he's asking me a question, but I'm pulling the old scratch my neck and look down at the table, you know, and see (laughs) what I was reading two and three questions in advance of what he was going to ask me so I could begin preparing my answers in my head as I was answering the question that was on the table right now. Right. But all of that to say, it was interesting to see how he structured it because he would write a question, then he would project two or three answers that he thought I would give.
1: Okay, I remember the story now.
2: Yeah, and then he would have a tree from there based on, well, if David answers this way, then I need <laughs> to ask this follow-up question or this follow-up question or this follow-up. I, mean, I should have just sat there and everything he asked me just looked at him and said, I like cheese. <laughs> and just left it at that. I mean, but anyhow, it was it was really crazy because A, I couldn't believe I could see it, but it was like a moment of clarity for me and it actually changed the way I prepare for my, my middle market appointments now. I'll actually do the same thing. There are times that I'll walk into a first appointment and I filled up half of a legal pad just by my questions and projected answers. Yeah. And I find that not only does it keep me prepared to ask the right questions and, and get the you know good information. It also gives me the appearance of being prepared because I'm flipping through multiple pages and the person that I'm talking to obviously is seeing me do that then realizes, Holy cow, this guy put some effort into this. This is a right. big deal. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's the thing I'm interested though. I mean, we talk about this and have, you know, quite a few times, about people over to over talking in an appointment, talking themselves out of the deal. Right. I think there's two things that if producers are gonna be successful in the foreseeable future, there's two things they need to do. Number one, they need to perfect the art of asking open-ended questions so that they just ask a question and then they let the prospect run with it. Mm -hmm. The other thing is they need to learn how to ask questions to get the no instead of the yes right away. And we've talked about that. We've we've done an right. entire episode on that. But I'd like to focus a little bit on the open-ended questions because I think that if you're good at that and you perfect that art, you will close a lot of business that way. And, and the reason why is because if you ask questions the right way, you're going to be able to drive a wedge and allow that prospect to come to the conclusion that they're not getting what they're paying for and you've never said anything at all to trash their existing agent.
1: Right. Like, I don't have to go in. Yeah, it, it no. plants that seed. Like, they, they understand without you saying it directly that they're not getting the type of service that they should just based on the questions that you're asking.
2: Yeah. So so when, you're, when your agent came in to do the mid-year claims review prior to the preliminary mod coming out, what strategy did you come up with uh, <laughs> as to what you're going to do with the open claims from last year?
1: Right. That didn't happen. Okay,
2: well... A, it didn't happen and B, why do I have open claims from last year? That joker never told me there were claims that were still open and how does that affect me? Is it going to cost me more money? Right. right? Or um you know when when your agent came out and did the experience modification factor audit for you and presented what your minimum mod is and also showed you how many points each employee that was injured or each accident is costing you and then multiplied out out by the total number of dollars that it was going to cost you. How'd that make you feel? <laughs> and yeah. most of the time, like well, I was, I was pissed, man. I was no, pissed, I was- you know, John, <laughs> John Smith has four claims and I didn't even realize, you know, and mm-hmm. so you can go down that road and it doesn't have to just be around those things. Hey, the last time that you reviewed your buy sell agreement, uh, were you adequately insured to fund that with life insurance?
1: Uh, yeah, when you,
2: yeah, when, when you looked at your investment policy statement for the 401k last time, and then subsequently, uh, compared your fund selections to the Morningstar style box to look for style drift, were you in good shape or were there issues there that needed to be corrected? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, and all of those things are questions you can ask because they are things that agents should be asking when they represent somebody. And if they're not asking those things or they're not doing those things, that's a big problem for the prospect, but it's a win for you because by asking those types of questions, you're gonna lead them to exactly where you want them to be. What, what are some that you've used in the past?
1: Open-ended questions.
2: That was an open-ended question to ask me an open-ended question. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I'll do the questioning what, here. <laughs> <laughs> no one of one of the ones that I heard from you that I like is, um, and it's simple, but it it just gets people talking. Is what you know what keeps you up at night about your business? Oh, yeah. I think I think that's a great one because if you're, and, and obviously this is a conversation you're having with the business owner, but a they like talking about their business and themselves if you know, if they're an effective business owner. Right. Um, but it also just, it starts them down a path where they're going to tell you their pain pretty much immediately. And it's an, it's an indirect way of saying, instead, instead of sitting there trying to dig and dig and dig and find, you know, a wedge and drive, they're just, they're going to give it to you right there. You know?
2: Well, I'm dealing with this right now. I mean, I told you, I've got this account that uh, Marvin was kind enough to book for me. That's a pretty good sized account. I went Marvin. in and did all my preliminary. Yeah, went in and did my preliminary research, and it, you know it, it's been with the same carrier for like ten or fifteen years. The mod is in the point sevens, and I'm like,
1: is this the bu- the bus? Uh, yeah I'm like why yeah.
2: why are why are you meeting with me? What is it that right. you want? And so I'm thinking maybe this is one of those deals where they just told Marvin yes to get him off the phone, right. And I actually was supposed to have my call with the the person who had scheduled with me this past Wednesday. yeah, and before before the call, I had a an unfamiliar number on my cell phone and I answered it and it was this, this VP that I'm supposed to be meeting with. Hmm. And she said, Hey, I've got a meeting with you. Um, I never saw the confirmation come through. I was actually going to decline it. Uh, or actually she, what, what she said was, I saw the meeting request come through, but I didn't accept it because I wanted to meet on March 24th and not February 24th. Mm. This mm. is a may renewal. and mm. And she said, I do really want to talk to you. Um, so can we do it on March 24th at the same time? I'm like, well, yeah. So now my curiosity is really peaked by like, okay, something happened. Maybe they've got a bad year this year and they know that it's coming. And I haven't seen that yet because it's not on the mod, but you know, when she, she's she's the only person out of all of those booked appointments that's asked for, ask for some, you know, information to be sent over prior to the meeting. Okay. So I went in and I, I pulled, um, th- it, it, this is one of those situations where human resources handles the comp and more than likely the controller or somebody in the financial unit is handling all of the other lines. Okay. So we're this is a comp conversation with an eight, with the VP of HR. And so immediately went into think HR and pulled out like all of their sales slicks that are co-branded. I don't even know if you've had a chance to go in there and look at those yet. They've got some really nice marketing slicks in there that are branded with their stuff and our stuff. But very specifically, I want, I, I knew I was dealing with the HR person, so I couldn't just go in with the low hanging fruit that we normally would. It was a little bit more technical. So I sent her information on all of the complimentary webinars that she would have access to as, um, being part of Think HR that are given by, you know, SHRM designees. Uh, I sent her over information on the learning management system. I sent her over information on OSHA compliance.
1: So, did she and, just ask for, like, was she just like, could you send me some information and that's as simple as it was? Or did she yeah. ask, okay.
2: Yeah. Just some basic information. So I gave her a little narrative about Florida risk, invited her to check out the website. Yeah. And then I gave her some collateral from Think. And I also gave her some, some collateral around what we do from a workers comp perspective. Did and, you, you get know, into
1: I, it with her at all about what, like why they took the meeting or did that not? No. Okay.
2: No. Never had a never had a chance because she was yeah. literally calling just to reschedule. So obviously she liked what I sent her. I mean I'm thinking right. if I sent her some information and she wasn't interested, then we w- this wouldn't have gone anywhere. But she, I mean I was impressed. She picked up the phone and called me to, to reschedule the meeting, and I'm I'm pumped, man. I mean this is a a really good size. Oh, so account. that happened after you sent her the
1: stuff? Did she? Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. Oh, okay. yeah when
2: when when Marvin originally booked the appointment is when she asked for some information to be sent over I sent got all of it. that over got immediately it, it. and then and, and then, then she was like hey we, yeah that was I was like mean, two I weeks mean, ago
1: okay I got it I got it
2: yeah no so i'm I'm pumped about it man so I'm I'm like yeah. sitting here now thinking okay 2021 you know big dog hadn't been out on any middle market appointments you know in the recent <laughs> past because I'm not I'm not trying to um yeah. But this will be a good one, man. This one has my interest peaked, and I'm nice. gonna I'm gonna go in with my A game. I'll be interested to see. I'm just trying to figure out what are my questions. <laughs> you right. know, I'm going into. Yeah, I'm. I, I, they're probably gonna have absolutely nothing to do. Well, I can tell you, they're gonna have nothing to do with workers' comp. They're not gonna have anything to do with the mod because the mod's good, and they're with this carrier they've been with forever. I mean, yeah, maybe I can improve it, the situation. Maybe I can't. But I'm really mm-hmm. interested in. Talk to me about your training program. Talk to me about your hiring process. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about your return to work program. Talk to me about uh, toolbox talks and mm-hmm. all of the other things that they should be doing, uh, because that's really where I'm gonna. Re- I, I feel like I'm gonna relate to this person, especially because all the premium in Florida's state-administered pricing, anyhow. But you know, I'm I'm looking forward to, to prepping for this meeting and, and asking open-ended questions, and then. Right, deep dive into doing my research, to f- to see if I can figure out what the story is. I mean, I've even googled to see if like there was a, an accident or a That's fatality what I'm then, or. It,
1: it, I think right. It, I think that um, that would be the only thing I can think of that something happened. You know, because like you said, their mod is 0. 0.75 or something like that, 73. or. Yeah, yeah but so here's maybe the thing,
2: man. This is this is the interesting juxtaposition. We're so we're so focused on going out and writing accounts that have problems that a lot of times, I mean, I'm guilty of this and and you are too, just based on, on our interaction this morning, you know, on this topic, we're so focused on going out and writing the accounts that have problems that we completely miss the fact that we do have best in class resources and a really good platform of value add stuff that companies that are already doing really good, but want more, Mm -hmm. we're attractive to them too.
1: Yeah, no, that's a good point. And you're right. You don't think of it because when there's not um, accounts that are having issues, you don't, th- you know, you don't think that you need to fix anything really. Like there's stuff, you know, that we can obviously provide them that that could drop their mod lower or just, you know, give their um, employees and, you know, more resources and make their culture a little bit more, um, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say here.
0: Well, here's lost the thing, my train man. of thought.
1: Your blue lights behind you freaking just blinded me and if, I lost my train of thought.
2: If I go in and I, I bring this thing back, this yeah. will pay for Marvin for two years plus.
1: There we go. The, the, the well, one we need account to do. A, we need to do a follow-up episode on this.
2: We will. Yeah, we will. But, you know, and, and that's the whole thing. I mean, think about this everything we've just talked about validates Marvin's existence to, to set appointments. Yeah. There is 0% chance. I would have picked up the phone to try and book an appointment with this company. No, And if it ends up being a positive experience and we close the business and bring this account on the books, it is 100% a result of me making the decision to hire an appointment setter at the first of the year period.
1: Yeah. Right. So I'm pumped, man. Yeah. I'm pumped. We'll About to, we'll to follow up and see how it goes, man. That's um, that's good. As I remember when you sent me the the email and I like I looked at, I, I clicked on their website link. And I'm like, okay, dude, what is this? Like, is, how bad this, like,
2: do I want the recording of that call
1: <laughs> to set the appointment? And it's yeah. not
2: in there. Although I will tell you, um, I did talk to Lightspeed Voice yesterday, and yeah. they have launched a new HubSpot integration. They've upgraded the one that was there before. And I don't know if it's fully there yet or not, but it looks like it is. And and what i was gonna say is, I went into Duran's profile, like mm-hmm. some people that he had called, like I was looking, he had some questions on a personal lines account and I went in to see the notes on it or whatever. But yeah. when I did, the call was not like that external link that you clicked and had to log in to listen to, it's embedded it was just, in the it was contact just right now. There. Hmm. Yeah, with a player, you just hit the button to play it. And you play it inside HubSpot. Nice, pumped about that.
1: Yeah, that's that's way slicker.
2: Yeah, because if if it's you know I could st- I still have access to that raw recording, but you know for me, what I like about it is I can download those calls in if it's something good that I can use for training or whatever else I'll pull it out and, and share it and, and do whatever yep. else. I mean, but specific to Marvin, man, that's huge. That saves me. If that's more efficient for me, it saves me a lot of time. Cause I don't have to mm-hmm. click, go log into a second site and all of that. It's all in that same dashboard. So yep. I'll be interested it's to see stuff. if that's the only improvement or if there's more, but listen, people think about open-ended questions, ask them. They're everywhere. They're all around hey, when the stock market tanked with COVID and your employees took a little dip in their 401k, are you comfortable that your fiduciary liability is where it needs to be in case there was any kind of a disruption? You know, I could go all, I mean, I could just go for days, but I'm not because it's Friday, it's the weekend. These people are sick of hearing us ramble.
1: Yes. So I'm out. Cool. See ya. Later. Later.